0: Welcome to Entity News Today. I'm Chris Beers. Here are today's top stories. Elon Musk sounding another chilly warning about artificial intelligence. He says programmers are training AI to lie. Twitter labeling media outlets with ties to government. Platforms around the world are criticizing their new labels. The leak of classified documents continues to make waves. Lawmakers want answers on how the leak occurred. While some criticize those defending the actions of the 21-year-old suspect, is artificial intelligence moving so fast it will one day outsmart humans? Twitter CEO Elon Musk has a new warning on the issue. Here's the story. What's happening is they're
1: training the AI to lie. Yes, it's bad to lie. To That's lie. exactly
2: right. And to yes. withhold
1: information. To lie and and. Yes, you comment on some things, not comment on other things. Speaking at Fox News' Tucker Carlson Tonight, Elon Musk said programmers are teaching artificial intelligence to lie. He called it more dangerous than mismanaged aircraft design. But it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. Last month, Musk and others penned an open letter calling for a six-month pause in AI development to consider its risks. Shortly before that, Microsoft-backed OpenAI unveiled its fourth-generation GPT, a successor to its widely used AI chatbot, ChatGPT. It wows users by engaging in human-like conversations and content creation.
2: Now
3: the question is,
1: how is AI going to reshape the web? From Google's bar to Baidu's Ernie Bot, tech giants are racing to launch similar apps. A Kuwaiti media outlet has unveiled its first virtual host, but experts are seeing a tremendous pitfall. This
2: technology is very, very good at basically creating fake
1: news stories. Ultimately, the technology is all about producing text, which sounds very plausible. And one of the ways that you can use it, if you're unscrupulous, is to industrialize the production of fake news stories. One example is the photos of a fictional conflict between former President Donald Trump and NYPD. They were made with AI tools and posted on Twitter. Some governments have tightened regulations in this regard. Under strict EU data protection rules, Italy blocked ChatGPT temporarily after a data breach.
4: One is, there is no legal basis for collecting data from the web without consent. And second, the results will not be guaranteed to be accurate and exact, and therefore it might give inaccurate results about individuals.
1: The UK released a paper outlining its approach. EU lawmakers are eyeing the passage of sweeping AI rules. We do need potential regulation. We do need... Uh, people who put out these products to be really careful about how they put them out and what they advertise them as
4: being as good at. And it also, you know, caveat emptor. for us as users, we've got to be careful and make sure we don't overtrust systems.
1: The White House is also looking at stronger measures to test the security of AI tools before their release.
0: Tune in to our business show today at 5 p.m. for more analysis on AI regulation and what possible rules could look like. Google has released an emergency update. The issue was an actively exploited flaw in its highly popular Chrome browser. The bug was deemed a high severity vulnerability by Google in an updated post on April 14th. That means the bug is being actively targeted by malign actors. The new Chrome version is rolling out to users who are using the Windows, Mac, and Linux stable versions of the browser. The entire Chrome suite will likely get those updates in the coming days to weeks. Google Chrome is estimated to be used by more than 3 billion people worldwide. That makes it the most popular browser by far. Number two on the list is Apple Safari, with about 580 million. Twitter is labeling media outlets around the world, showing if they're somehow tied to the government. Most companies don't agree with the new labels, giving reasons for why they don't apply.
1: Twitter is labeling media outlets worldwide. On Sunday, the social media site labeled the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, or CBC, a government-funded media. According to Twitter, the label is used in cases where the government provided some or all of the outlet's funding and may have varying degrees of government involvement over editorial content. CBC rejects Twitter's label, telling the Epic Times, Twitter's own policy defines government-funded media as cases where the government may have varying degrees of government involvement over editorial content, which is clearly not the case with CBC Radio Canada. However, the national broadcaster received $1.2 billion in funding from the federal government last year. The Canadian Conservative Party leader asked Twitter to apply the government-funded media label to the broadcaster. The politician often spars with the CBC and previously asked for it to stop receiving federal funding. Another outlet now having a label is Australia's national broadcaster, or ABC. An ABC spokesperson told the Epoch Times, The ABC is liaising with Twitter regarding changes to account verification and labels. The British Broadcasting Corporation, or BBC, was initially also labeled a government-funded media. However, it rejected the tag, saying the BBC is and always has been independent. We are funded by the British public through the license fee. The outlet is now labeled as publicly-funded media. Under previous ownership, Twitter in 2020 labeled a number of accounts as state-affiliated. Those included Russian state media like RT and Sputnik News, as well as Chinese Communist Party mouthpieces such as the New China News Agency and Xinhua. Reporters with those outlets also received those designations. National Public Radio, or NPR, announced it's leaving Twitter after it was labeled state-affiliated media, which Twitter later changed it to government-funded media.
0: Lawmakers are demanding answers on the document leak. They want to know how a 21-year-old airman was able to get a hold of and distribute highly classified intelligence materials. NTD's Daniel Monahan brings us more.
3: Airman Jack Teixeira has been charged and is currently in custody. His next court date is April 19th. Senator Lindsey Graham called the leak a major failure on ABCs this week.
0: I don't know what led to this airman's actions, but he's done a lot of damage to our standing.
3: Graham criticized fellow conservatives who have reportedly tried to justify the 21-year-old's actions.
0: For any member of Congress to suggest... It's okay to leak classified information because you agree with the cause. is terribly
3: irresponsible and puts America in uh, serious danger. Graham's comments came days after Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a tweet defending suspect Jake Teixeira. Greene wrote Jake Teixeira is white, male, Christian, and anti war. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime, and he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine and a lot more. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy? A young, low-level National Guardsman? Or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine, a non-NATO nation, against nuclear Russia without war powers? Senator Kirsten Gillibrand commented on CNN on whether the Biden administration was asleep at the switch.
4: I have a lot of questions about why were these documents lying around, why did this particular person have access to them, where was the custody of the documents, and who were
3: they Meanwhile, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the leaking of top-secret military intelligence records online has not affected Washington's cooperation with its partners and allies. We have made clear our commitment to safeguarding intelligence and our commitment to our security partnerships. Blinken says the investigation is taking its course, pointing out there is a suspect in custody. I know measures being taken to further safeguard information. Blinken was speaking at a press conference in the Vietnamese capital Hanoi on Saturday. The two countries expressed a desire to deepen their ties. This, as Washington seeks to solidify alliances to counter an increasingly aggressive China. Daniel Monaghan, NTD News.
0: A heavy topic. A transgender teacher allegedly threatened to shoot students at a Florida middle school. The teacher was born male, but identifies as female. Was also allowed to remain on campus for several weeks. This was at Fox Chapel Middle School in Hernando County. The teacher reportedly told a school guidance counselor about suicidal thoughts and a desire to shoot some students. This was because they weren't living up to expectations. The teacher also admitted to owning three firearms, which police have since confiscated. The teacher was not immediately fired, only once state officials raised their concerns with the superintendent last week. Shootings have been on the rise in the U.S. in recent years. The last few weeks have been particularly brutal. I wanted to learn more about what's causing this trend and what hope there is for the future, so I spoke with retired FBI special agent on the elite hostage rescue team, Greg Schaefer. Greg Schaefer, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, in your opinion, what's causing the rise in mass shootings in our country?
4: (laughs) Well, that's the $20,000 question now, isn't it? Um, It's it's a a multifaceted problem with multifaceted solutions. Uh, Gun control is is not the the be-all, end-all. And I hate the term gun violence. Uh, A gun is an inanimate object and cannot create violence in and of itself. It takes an evil person behind that weapon system to create the violence. So I think we have not a gun violence issue. We have a humankind violent issue. Uh, We have a mental health crisis here in America that needs to be solved and to be solved quickly. We don't have the capacity that we used to, to to institutionalize those that could be a threat to themselves, a threat to others. You know, we have, again, it's a... It's a long-winded answer to a very difficult question, things like, you know, what are the medicines that we're giving our kids for antidepressants and for ADHD medication? You know, what are kind of the violent videos and violent uh, uh, movies that our kids are watching? In the military, when you go to boot camp, they show you these violent, horrific, you know, war uh, videos of what it's going to be like on a battlefield to desensitize you before you go to war. Well, that's exact same thing is happening with our kids with these violent video games and violent movies you know we have church attendance at an all-time low we would don't have the capacity where a mother or a father could stay home and help raise the kids They're, you know all the kids are being raised by by nannies or by the school so again it's a it's a multi problem with a, you know a very difficult list of solutions
0: sure that makes sense so is there anything about law law enforcement's approach to detecting these threats before they happen um, that needs to be changed in your mind?
4: Well, uh, we have the technology out there today that can detect a weapon on on, ca- on existing cameras. Um, we have what we call the Alert system. It's, it, it, it can be attached to any camera, it's artificial intelligence. So, in, in a couple of the recent incidents of, of active shooters, um, the shooter parks the car, opens the trunk, and pulls out a weapon. Well, with this, weapon detection system that camera would have detected that weapon as it gets out of the car and it could have then notify 911 could have started the uh, uh, the lockdown procedures in the in the school particularly the one in, in Nashville so we have gun detection systems we have shot detection systems. Um, so, there are, there are you know, technology out there that can help law enforcement uh, be able to respond better. You know, knowing exactly where that shooter is with a shot detection system can save minutes. And if you save minutes in a, in a police town's response, you're going to save lives. Um, again, the, the local school shooting, where the police arrived on scene and they started looking room by room by room, had they known exactly where that shooter was based on the sh- uh, shot detection system, they could have you know, went straight toward the shooter and got there quicker and possibly saved some lives.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I actually didn't know technology was um, capable of that. Uh, So, with so many mass shootings, things look, like I was saying before, pretty bleak. Do you have faith that we can come together as a country and tackle this issue in a truly meaningful way?
4: I think we can. Um, you know the pendulum has kind of swung where we, uh, you know, have these prosecutors that are letting now violent criminals uh, on, on no bail, and you know, it's just a revolving door. We need to stop that revolving door of having violent offenders getting back on the streets. Um, and I, I think if we start you know, do that, that's that's the first step. Um, but I think as a country, yes, I think we'll, we will come together. Uh, we, we've had, you know, as, as, a, as a public, I think we've had enough. We've seen too many of our children's lives cut short. From these violent encounters, and, and uh, it's time we stand up as parents, uh, and, and as law enforcement, and as politicians, and, and, and come to, you know, get all great minds together and come to some solutions. And again, gun control may be a small part of it. But that is not the answer. It will not stop this. You have, you know, these kind of violent attacks all across the globe in countries that don't have the weapons that we have.
0: Greg Schaefer, retired FBI special agent on the elite hostage rescue team. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Coming up, heavy fighting in Sudan. The country's army clashed with rival paramilitary forces over the weekend. As many as 100 civilians have died so far. And Russian President Vladimir Putin unexpectedly meets the Chinese defense minister, who's on a trip to Russia. More in a moment, here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. Fighting between Sudan's army and the country's rival paramilitary forces is now in its third day. The bloody power struggle started on Saturday. Around 100 civilians have been killed and nearly 400 injured since fighting began. Here's NTD's Kost Hemenes to tell us more.
2: Fighting erupted when army units loyal to General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan clashed with paramilitary Rapid Support Forces or RSF. The conflict was sparked by a disagreement over the integration of the RSF into the military as part of a transition towards civilian rule. A ceasefire was proposed by the UN to allow humanitarian evacuations, which was largely ignored by both sides, despite initially agreeing. Sudan's paramilitaries, led by General Mohamed Hamdan Dagalo, said on Saturday they had seized the presidential palace as well as the international airport in Khartoum in what appeared to be a coup attempt. The RSF, which is reportedly 100,000 strong, said it had also seized airports in the northern city of Merowe and in El Obeid in the west. However, witnesses say Sudan's army appeared to gain the upper hand on Sunday after pounding military bases with airstrikes. The clash was the first outbreak since 2019 when both military groups joined forces to oust veteran Islamist autocrat Omar Hassan al-Bashir. Both sides have accused each other of attacking first. The United States, China and Russia, alongside Egypt and Saudi Arabia, have appealed for a quick end to the conflict. This was echoed by the UN Security Council as well as both the European and African Union. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged both sides to return to the original transition plan. MNS, NTD News.
0: The United Nations World Food Program said yesterday it is temporarily halting all operations in Sudan. That's after three of its employees were killed in the clashes. Chinese Defense Minister Li Shang-Fu unexpectedly met with Russian President Vladimir Putin over the weekend. He was only expected to meet with Russian defense officials. Beijing announced Li's visit to Moscow last week, saying he would meet defense officials, but made no mention of a meeting with Putin. Li and Putin hailed military cooperation. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shogu was also present. Russia and the Chinese regime have a so-called no-limits partnership, and Chinese party leader Xi Jinping met Putin in Moscow last month. Russia and China have moved to further strengthen their economic, political, and military ties since Moscow sent tens of thousands of troops into Ukraine in February 2022. A senior official in Kyiv said on Friday that Ukrainian forces are finding a growing number of components from China in Russian weapons used in Ukraine. The Chinese regime has repeatedly denied sending military equipment to Russia. G7 foreign ministers are in agreement on what Russia must do. Japan's foreign minister Yoshimasa Hayashi gives the update after a summit in Japan.
1: In the
5: G7 foreign ministers' meeting this time, we had a candid and detailed exchange of views on the situation in Ukraine. The G7 agreed that Russia must withdraw all troops and equipment from Ukraine immediately and unconditionally to continue tough sanctions on Russia and to continue strongly supporting Ukraine.
0: In addition, A focus of the meetings was concern over Beijing's aggressive stance on Taiwan and more broadly in the Indo-Pacific region. Hayashi said the foreign ministers want stability in the Taiwan Strait and a peaceful resolution to cross Strait issues. He also took time to give the French foreign minister's perspective that France also wants peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. This follows French President Emmanuel Macron's statements, which were perceived by some Western leaders as too weak towards China. More news from Europe, Italy has confiscated more than $440 million worth of cocaine. Over two tons of the drug was found floating at sea off the eastern coast of Sicily. Italy's Tax and Customs Police announced the find today. They called it a record seizure. The police said that the drugs were stored in about 70 packages carefully sealed to prevent water leaks. They were held together by fishermen's nets and equipped with a signaling device that gives off light. Some of the packages were decorated with cartoonish logos. The official statement added that the peculiar packaging and the tracking device suggest that a cargo ship dumped the haul in order for it to be recovered later. Favorite horse Korach Rambler wins England's Grand National Horse Race. No surprise there, the horse had an eight to one chance of winning. But something unexpected did happen at the event. Animal rights protesters intruded onto the track. The race was delayed around 15 minutes by protesters who sent police on a wild chase. Some tried to attach themselves to fences before they were dragged away. Police arrested nine of them. Protesters say the race is cruel to horses, with many sustaining unrecoverable injuries during the hedge jumping portion of the track over the years. One horse died during the race and two others being assessed for injuries. The winner is a horse trained by Scotland's Lucinda Russell. Russell says the horses love the sport and that her horse is kept in the best conditions. Gardens in the Netherlands are opening their gates for spring. Of course, there are tulips, but daffodils and hyacinths are also in vigorous bloom. Let's take a trip to the country's most famous flower park.
5: For another spring, rows of colorful tulips blossom in Holland's most renowned floral park. Visitors flock to Koikenhof from all over the world to see this vibrant spectacle.
4: This is the second time, yeah. because I love flowers. I, I follow Keukenhof fans, IG, social media, Facebook. And I can see uh, many news about the flower in Koikenhof and Holland.
3: The flowers just add to the beauty, right?
4: (laughs) It does.
5: This year, Koikenhof is cutting the number of visitors entering by 20,000 per day. Garden officials say that's to provide a better viewing experience. And that's not all they're offering. We want to let uh, our first visitor has to see colors and our last visitor has to see colors. So uh, pl- uh, planting different kind of uh, bloomers, daffodils, crocuses, hyacinth, and the tulips in three periods. We have the early tulips, tulips, we have the middle blooming tulips, and the last, the third, the later blooming uh, uh, tulips. So every uh, week we have a different picture of coconut. Tulip growers are also changing with the times. They're cutting back on chemicals and switching to sustainable energy. Some have installed recycled water systems and solar panels. One farmer has been growing his business and now produces as many tulips per day as he used to in one whole season, about 100,000.
4: We need five years, maybe 10 years, to make big steps.
0: Not forget, 15 years, 20 years ago, we have. We used some, uh, some chemicals, but now we are 80% more or less than in that period. That means we make very good steps. Koikenhof
5: gardeners plant and nurture a total of 7 million bulbs. The garden is open until May 14th.
0: Every year, a Belgian forest turns completely purple, covered by bluebell blossoms. Thousands of visitors come every April to see the amazing sight. It's like a scene from a fairy tale when the Belgian bluebell forest is in full bloom. The forest floor becomes blanketed with bluebell flowers, while birds sing with echoes every, heard every, in every corner. The floral spectacle will last until the surrounding trees sprout their leaves and block the sunlight. The yearly floral happening takes place in the city of Halle, about 20 minutes south of the capital of Brussels. Thank you for tuning in today. If you'd like to share any news tips or feedback for the show, Please feel free to email us at news.today at ntd.com. I'm Chris Beers, NTD News, New York City.